to something that I am looking forward to. Um, we have our regular psychologist, Daniel Den Hollander, in studio, which is always lovely. And we're going to explore the value of imagination. So the next 25 minutes, I'm going to enjoy this conversation that is not news related. And I'm going to start off with a quote that Albert Einstein famously said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Why? Knowledge, while essential, has its limitations. Now, for knowledge, our knowledge is limited to all we know and understand, while imagination embraces everything and enables us to envision new possibilities. What a fascinating conversation, Daniel Den Hollander. Trust you to find up with that, come up with that. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for having me back on the show. <laughs> Yeah, so Daniel, talk to us about, I mean, how imagination contributes to mental health and well-being and what role it plays in processing and coping with trauma. I think one of the most beautiful parts of my job is, is that uh, it talks always to the human condition. So lovely, if I talk about my job, I'm also just talking about life, you know. We love that. <laughs> Um, and I think about um, a quote from Claudel von Eck where she talks about imagination is, is what really sets us apart. Um, we are able to put a person on the moon. We are able to fly. We are able to look at our restrictions and find something new, something different. And then we build our new normal on that difference. Uh, we're incredible um, animals in that way, our, our ability for creativity, but also our ability of imagination. But then imagination also has its destructive parts. Mm. Um, nothing is more powerful than narratives, the way we talk about each other, um, even especially in the subtlety in which we, we speak. And one of the strangest things about human beings, um, if you think of, if you compare us to other animals, is our biggest restriction often is in regards to what we think or how we see ourselves or how we perceive ourselves. So, and that also is a part of imagination, um, how we imagine someone to see us and experience us. So imagination plays both roles is it can inspire, it can open up, but it can also chain us and also restrict us. Mm. So Daniel, of course, I mean, you're a psychologist and you work with people. Um, talk to us about how imagination is used in um, therapeutic practices. So, in a sense, if you think about psychology, psychology is really the science of change. We want to bring a change. But the psychologist can't bring the change. Um, you can only bring a change into yourself. You know, we spoke a lot about, you know, liberation can't come from the outside. It has to come from the inside. And in the same way, I, I cannot work if there's no imagination from, from the client that I'm seeing in front of me, even if the imagination at that point is still quite impulse driven, you know, like being able to have a good night's sleep or hope. Hope comes in with imagination. Without imagination, we can't have hope. Um, so it's, it's about the ability to see a future ahead of us that we might not find at this point in time the way towards it. Mm, see a future ahead of us. Um, so, of course, I mean, as you say, imagination is about imagining a good night's sleep, imagining a fancy car or 
sometimes imagining <laughs> things. So, of course, I'm now talking about the risks and the drawbacks associated with an overactivate, like activate, um, overactive imagination, Daniel. And I don't want to diss it because I think we all, as you say, we have to imagine. Um, yes. But how how do you see the future of psychology incorporating this understanding? Um, of imagination in the therapeutic practices and also taking into account the risks of it. Yeah, so this is this is the million dollar thing, right? And this is where I think also the concept of privilege comes in very strongly here is, uh, you know, it's very easy for somebody, I mean, only in the US can they start to have a book like The Secret, you know? Um, where they I had the secret, Daniel, <laughs> and I really liked it. Don't diss the secret. <laughs> But, you know, um, and, and then the greatest irony of all is the fact that the so-called American dream is, is more realized in South Africa than it is in the U.S., which is its own beautiful irony. Um, but anyway, um, the thing about imagination, um, what scares me a little bit, and I've noticed this, I, I think, over the last few months in my own work, is how difficult it is for South Africans to be able to imagine. Um, and that struck me so hard. And, and specifically, as you say, because of the restrictions. Um, and we'll, talk, we'll, we'll definitely unpack that as, as mm. this interview goes along. But I think in, in there is that it's not just I can't imagine something, but it's actually, it's almost as if it's a muscle that we have that we just don't know how to use. You know, like a leg that's been in a cast and then when the cast comes off, that leg is still quite weak um, because it hasn't been used. It, it's almost that kind of thing. Um, and that scares me because where does that come from, that difficulty to be able to imagine? And that being said, on the other hand, when and, and, and this was for me a big lesson, was I remember when the lockdown first happened and I was working, I was unemployed for three months and then a, a colleague who was, was kind enough to, to help me and um, I ended up working with her at a practice in Eastridge. And my, my what do you call it, my, my prejudice, is that the right word, was to think, oh my goodness, I'm going to work in a community that is going to really struggle through mm. lockdown. Uh, I'm not saying that they didn't, but the thing that was quite amazing was not as much as I thought that would happen. Mm. Um, the amazing ability of innovation, imagination, and resilience. creativity. Unbelievable. Um, in fact, I had anything that I needed <laughs> during that time <laughs> because I, I, I can imagine <laughs> I was based in Eastridge, <laughs> but I won't go into details. Yeah, yeah, we won't go into details. This is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> but but the amazing resilience and creativity that came through that allowed a moment of restrictions. Um, and I remember uh, I'm, I'm a creative soul, so I wrote a song, and 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 one of the the lines on there was. The careful rebel soul turns restrictions into gold. Um, and that was so, such a lived experience in that moment. Careful rebel souls don't want to get into trouble, turns restrictions into gold. So the interesting thing is when, when it gets to crunch moments, we do actually are, or are able to exercise. So then the question comes in, well, what stops us from having our imagination? Mm. 
And uh, I had an experience this week um, of somebody who came in that had a difficulty, uh, couldn't. Um, and the reason was because our, our two lines was around trauma. Um, a, a life of trauma forces you into a survival mode, fight or flight. And when you are in that mode, then immediately the issue comes in that there's no space for anything else than just to survive. But if that survival mode has been um, put into place for the last 30 or reinforced for the last 30, 40 years of your life, then it's almost as if that ability becomes dormant. Nobody doesn't have imagination. Mm. How do we know that? You know that when you have small kids, the imagination of a small kid is unbelievable. No restrictions. You know, mom and dad will provide everything, yeah. of course. <laughs> Just bliss imagination. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to become president or they're going to be, go on the moon and, and, and beautiful. And, and, and one of the things about imagination, um, and um, I brought a book with me, um, Rick Turner's mm -hmm. Eye of the Needle, which I, I think is a, a book that every South African needs to read. Um, and it, he, he presents the idea of utopian, uh, utopian thinking, which is the idea of if we didn't have restrictions, if we didn't have things in place, what would you dream for? What would you want? And I think to some extent, you know, often it does go into material, like you say, we want a flashy car and all that. But I think what's really beautiful about the South African condition when it's given its opportunity is that at the heart of the South African condition, we are Afrocentric. And one of my dear mentors um, said to me recently, the Afrocentric perspective is one that's based on principles. And even our imagination then thrives within the principles, the principles of community, the principles of um, having pride in who I am and what I am. But the difficulty that we have in regards to that is that we were raised in a community or in a regime that taught us exactly the opposite. Mm. It taught us to restrict. It taught us that we, this is how it is. Mm. This is how society is. So I know because I talk to a lot of people every day, mm. that's my job. Yeah, and give advice. <laughs> <laughs> that often when I'm asked the question of imagination, the response I get is, yeah, but I'm unemployed. Mm. Yeah. I don't have food on the table. I'm hungry. Or my job wouldn't allow for that. Mm. Or I would lose my job. Maybe that's a good place to pause. Yeah. I'm in conversation with Daniel and Dan Hollander. Um, he's a clinical psychologist. He visits us in studio, so I have him across from me. But we're talking about imagination and how, as he mentioned, it's sometimes so difficult for South Africans to imagine. But it's also, as South Africans, we are Afrocentric and we do have an imagination. So we're going to... Con Good morning, Crystal Audison standing in for Clarence Ford on Views and News this morning. We started our morning talking about politics and all sorts of busy things. And now I have the great privilege to talk about imagination. That's the beauty of talk radio. And I have psychologist Daniel Den Hollander here. Um, because even for me, Daniel, you know, imagination, 
I have one and then I just reality checks come in. Um, and so it's just amazing listening to you. Um, but t- talk to us about how individuals can cultivate and enhance their imagination for personal growth and healing. Cause I'm, I'm interested in understanding that even for myself. So I know that a story captures the imagination better than anything else. And I got um, permission to tell the story, um, okay. which was very kind. Um, but it's a story about uh, a woman who um, has an imagination, but comes from a um, difficult background that would have made it difficult for her to realize. But as a typical Cape Townian, South African uh, woman of color, resilience as hell. And as a result of that, something beautiful came out of it. Um, highly um, focused, highly successful, worked her way up and suddenly found herself in a position where she could buy a house in an area that her community would have been in before the Group Areas Act and were kicked out of. Um, And the interesting part was bought a plot of land and built and the area in which she lived in doesn't look like her. Mm. And immediately as the housing and as things started to develop, what also started to develop was the restrictions, letters, um, difficulty of a community not greeting her, um, not seeing her, and the difficulty of do I deserve this? Do I belong here? All those big important questions comes to the fore. But the imagination of being able to have a house overseeing the sea, overseeing the ocean. And also that superiority, inferiority complex that we talk about comes into the fore as well. Because am I allowed to? Mm-hmm. And that restriction, that chain of the mind is so silencing and so deafening that it almost feels like an effort just to lift your head up, just to be able to to, to weather it. Until an idea came to being, and maybe from my own privileged situation, I have the privilege of being able to see things from both sides and remembered that the people that were writing these letters and knowing how expensive houses are in that area, suddenly realized, hold on a second, but those people don't have jobs that quantify being able to do what she's doing, buy a property from scratch without family support, without legacy support. In fact, this particular person is earning more than the people that are complaining about her. And she is more of a, 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 a an asset to the economy of our country, generating more income, and yet the perception is the other way around. And we know that this is historically so. Mm. This is not family wealth, um, and I'm going to probably be cancelled for saying this, but that's okay. Um, this is apartheid wealth. Mm. This is a house that was bought for 10,000 rand that goes through generation to generation Mm. and now is worth 9 million, whatever Mm. the case might be. You know what I'm talking about. We all know what I'm talking about. And suddenly 
that flipped the script because suddenly that restriction of not belonging, of a perceived inferiority, mm-hmm. actually turned itself around towards something else, towards what am I busy doing here? Mm-hmm. I'm busy here growing something for me and my family. And one of the most beautiful things is though she herself might not come from a upbringing of privilege, the next generation that she has is, is envisioning through her, her children will be. Mm-hmm. And even there, there's restrictions. You know, um, the, the, her child might be too loving, mm-hmm. too community focused, um, too huggy huggy, you know, and come on, you know, mm-hmm. we've got the stiff upper lip. Yeah. If you're not like us, then, then, then there's an issue, you know, that makes us uncomfortable. And in the way that we live the world right now, I mean, I heard a horrible thing um, that my brother was telling me about a restriction in Cape Town that if your dog barks too much while you're away from work, away from home to work, then there's suddenly a restriction upon that because, you know, peace and quiet, apparently. It's sacrosanct yeah. in the suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Daniel, on that, I mean, because obviously time is ticking and I'm always, you know, oh, nervous. But, Daniel, just talk to us about how individuals can cultivate and enhance the imagination for personal growth and healing because your story so beautifully illustrates about I mean, and, and I can relate to it. I mean, as I said to you last week, I was in Chicago. I was a fellow at this very prestigious university. Thank you. But it was that moment of, oh, my God, I'm from Mitchell's Plain. What <laughs> am I doing here? And then, but as you said, I was like, I'm here. I'm proudly Mitchell's Plain. Um, and I have to do something for me and for my daughter and for the next generation. Um, and so it's how to turn that around. But, you know, what kind of um, advice can you give us to enhance that imagination for personal growth and healing? I think it's two things. It's one realizing that creativity and imagination are actually natural, spontaneous states of the mind. So it's not about how do I make myself have more creativity and more imagination. It's more about how do I make sure I don't restrict myself. And I'll I'll end with this quote from, from Rick Turner. Unless we think outside of our restrictions about South African society, we will not really come to understand how it works. We will take for granted inequalities, power relations, and behavior patterns that need to be explained. Nor will we be able to evaluate the society adequately. We will not understand on how many different levels there are alternatives. And so the possibility of choice and so the possibility of moral judgment. And where that comes down to is it's ethical and moral for you to be able to exercise your imagination. I cannot tell you what your imagination should be because then you're bound to my imagination and that would be boring for you. It's about finding your way through and that comes back down to yourself. Be authentically yourself. But the restrictions are communal. And we, therefore, as the, if we really want to take Ubuntu seriously, need to realize that we need to, as a society, allow our brothers and sisters to have their imaginations and to support them in whatever way we can. Support. We can. So, Daniel, before you go, we've got a voice note. 
Hi, Crystal. Regarding imagination, I want to share a story of imagination with you. I'm one of a ton of children in the family. Way back in when I was 13 years old, the group areas removed us from an area where we were extremely happy. Was in a blessed community. We shared everything, and yeah, we had to move. But you know what we said, and all of us was in on this. One day we're gonna have a house wow. in the area in which we lived, and now we started one end of Cape Town, and we end on the hill. And that is imagination for you, but also parents must reinforce into a child. You can be whatever you want to be, and you are as good as anyone else. That's just my two cents, Will. Beautiful two cents. Thank you so 